up to 10% infestation of beans is okay, according to the US FDA. Well, yeah, that adds protein. Welcome to the Hats All I Know podcast for your hosts, Chris and David. If this is your first time with us, welcome. We'll go through four random facts that we each found interesting throughout the past week, starting always off with a hat fact. The person in charge of that is David. He owns 215 hats now, maybe? Uh, plus or minus five on that one. So, well, I guess we actually know where we're starting off because last week was tricorn and you're starting to talk about the bicorn. I did. So, in a turn of events, I'm actually going to stay true to my word, and we're going to talk about the bicorn this time. That's shocking. Also, I, was I correct on the plus minus there? Uh, no, that's how many I wish I had. Actually, I haven't gotten new hats in a little bit, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm slacking, I know. I'll, I'll pay you that money I owe you for the house soon. All right, cool. Then I'll, then I'll be able to get a couple hats. There we are. So, speaking of bicorns, in case you don't know what a bicorn hat looks like, it's, it's basically the hat that kind of looks like a half circle on top of somebody's head with the two folded parts, you know, folded up in the front, folded up in the back, and then in the side, it kind of comes to two points. Sounds like there's four corners. Folded up in the front, folded up in the back. So now you have a flat front and back, and then two points on the side. So bicorn. I feel like you got corners on the front. I'll be honest, I so I had no idea what that looked like. When you say we were talking about bicorn hats, I was very confused because I kept imagining an oval. But that doesn't have corners, so I was confused how we got a corner in an oval. Actually, the hats are more oval-shaped than the tricorn hats. Oh yeah, tricorn is a triangle. Well, when you fold up three of the sides, it ends up being a triangle. However, with this one, they lowered the crown of the hat after a while because, again, same I feel like with the horns of you don't want a giant thing sticking up on top of your head. Turns out bigger isn't always better. Yeah, especially since a lot of these were used for military or fighting purposes. Oh, actually, then maybe bigger was better, you know? You want a really tall hat up top, so that way they shoot you the top of the hat, because they don't know where your head is, where the top of the head is. Like Lincoln's top hat, yeah. Didn't work out for him too well. Well, it did the first time when he was riding on horseback, and the, they tried to shoot him, but they just shot his hat off. True. I guess point blank is a little easier to figure out. Yeah, it's, it's easier to figure out head versus hat. But also I mentioned last week that like Revolutionary War era is tricorn hat. And that's usually what most of the infantry had, right? Yeah, I'm disappointed I didn't know that was called tricorn because of how many revolutionary documentaries I've watched. Well, what might have thrown you off is a lot of the officers, including Washington, wore bicorn hats because the bicorn hats started to come about in around the 1790s. Okay. Uh, when you also said bicorn hats have like the two points to the sides, I just immediately decided that that transitioned into the uh, drinking hat with your true beers on the side. Um, fun fact, no. I'm going to go with fun fact, yes. I mean, I guess, again, the rain could funnel off to the side, so that could be beer if you were doing it weird, I guess. No, it, it could be easily, yeah. I, I can see that transition. I'm glad you can see that transition. Might be the only one. So my question for the bicorn hat is normally when you see them, again, the points are on the side. Yes. However, if you look at, say, Japanese bicorn hats, typically during World War II, they're front and back where the points are. Okay. Side to side is known as, quote, athwart because they wanted a fancy name for it, I guess. Yeah, I don't see a reason, but okay. Yeah. Anyway, why do you think side to side was the preferred method for, like, officers and such to be wearing the hats? I'm going to play this off of an earlier conversation that we had. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with it's side to side because it was harder than to know where that, like, 
to hit the head in like guerrilla warfare where shooting the officer was okay because front and back if you can see the point you know the head is directly below but side to side might be harder okay i can sort of see that not quite the general consensus as to why is partially because if it's side to side as you did say it is a lot easier to see right if you're looking straight at them so it's a lot easier for the officer's people to be able to see them ah uh, if the large part of the hat is going to be facing them because theoretically they're in the front i guess it would also be easier to identify officers on the battlefield exactly if you can see very easily that they're wearing a very large hat side to side whereas a lot of the infantrymen would be or just other soldiers would be wearing various other styles of hats. Shakos became popular after a while. Uh, tricorn hats were popular during Revolutionary War era. I'm sorry, did you say Shakos? Shako. Shako. Yeah. If you've ever seen a marching band, you know the weird tall helmet things they wear? The weird bucket hats with a feather? Yes. Those are called Shakos. Okay. That those actually came into use after the bicorn for the most part. And the bicorn uh, pushed out the tricorn in terms of usage. Is that just because it was easier to do uh, two corners instead of three? That it was also easier to see, but also the reason that it didn't really push it out immediately or fully in some cases is because let's say you're an infantryman with a musket. Okay. You reload your musket by kind of putting it over your, sh- you put it over your shoulder first, either while you're marching or when you're trying to reload, right? You kind of use the side of your head to like position things. Fun fact, if you're wearing a bicorn hat, that, that's already taken up by the hat. So a lot of times you'll see it kind of tilted at 45. Same with the tricorn, actually. You see it tilted away from the shoulder that they would use for the muskets. It was actually just so they could tell who was righty or lefty. I mean, clearly. Also, you know, you need to make sure you know who's righty or lefty because the bullet spins different. I don't know why. Well, you don't want a, a left-handed shot right next to a right-handed shot. Well, depending on what side they're on. Yeah, if they're on the wrong side, you're, they're just too close together. They're going to hit each other. Yeah, it's like when you're in school at those like fold-over-the-top desks that are all for right-handed people, and then the ones on the left side are all lefty desks. The, the left-handed aisle is the only rows for left-handed people. Yeah, if you're for left-handed and you want to have a desk that actually works for you, apparently you have to sit on the aisle. The amount of times I've watched a right-handed person sit there and like take an exam in a lecture hall, I'm just like, why? You have literally the rest of the hall. There's so many more seats that you could be sitting at. Why are you making this uncomfortable on yourself? Yeah, you have literally the rest of the, the hall. You can, you can sit anywhere. So I asked you last week, when's the last time someone wore a tricorn hat in public? How about bicorn? So bicorns actually got pushed out by your favorite hat. Baseball. The top hat. Ah, I do enjoy the top hat. Yeah, so they actually got pushed out of use because, so bicorns and tricorns also, they were used a lot by gentlemen because they could wear their wigs and it didn't really interfere with the wig. Ah, uh, yes, the gentlemen of the day. Yes, but it got pushed out by top hats. However, the tricorn is, or the, sorry, the bicorn is still part of some formal dress. So going to England, whenever the Lords Commissioners go into Parliament, Lords Commissioners are essentially a group of people that do the Crown's business for the Crown in Parliament so that the Queen doesn't have to go down to Parliament whenever they have a new session of Parliament or some other things happen. So the actually people that got it, that rule got it? Well, actually, this is more of the, the pageantry of it. Ah. But they wear black bicorn hats with their robes. However, the Lord Chancellor wears a tricorn, so. It's because he's cool. I guess the last time that somebody wore a bi- or a bicorn or tricorn is... It's then? Yeah. Well, also now, because there's various other places that use bicorn is still part of their official dress. I'm going to mispronounce this, but the full dress uniform of Ecole Polytechnique in France is black pants with a red stripe or a skirt for women, coat with golden buttons, 
and a cocked hat, officially a bicorn. Also, can't really talk about bicorns without mentioning, do you know what type of hat that Napoleon Bonaparte wore, famously? I'm gonna go with a bicorn. It is a bicorn. I, I wanted to say something other than just kind of what hat did Napoleon wear, but Napoleon's bicorn is probably the most famous instance of somebody wearing a bicorn hat. Maybe followed closely by that was the hat that in the painting of Washington crossing the Delaware that Washington's wearing, because again, officers. Yeah, I honestly had never noticed that in that painting. Really? You don't, you haven't looked at art history to try to find various instances of the hats you're going to talk about? I've seen that painting, but more recently, George Washington tends to have Baker Mayfield's face photoshopped over it. And with that, we'll move on from our hat fact of the week to a topic I'm a little bit more familiar with than hats. Rap music, conspiracy theories, sports, other sports, more sports, college sports. NASCAR. I got it. No, it's not a sports episode. I'm not asking a sports question. Oh. So before this, I usually have a few drinks. Oh, dang it. Alcohol. How did I not guess alcohol? It, it helps even out who's talking more. You act like I don't know how to not talk. Uh-huh. Not saying you're wrong, I'm just pointing it out. Yes, it's, it's going to be about alcohol. So I started, well, my girlfriend got me a brew your own beer kit. So I'm attempting to make my own beer currently. Isn't that illegal? No, I think beer's okay. Liquor is illegal. Okay. Uh, we'll find out in a month if it turns out or not. You'll find out whether or not it's illegal by whether you're actually able to make the alcohol? Whether or not it tastes okay. Okay. If it tastes bad, then it was illegal. Oh, we'll get into legality stuff later on. Oh, so excited. I also drink during the episode. This episode, I'm drinking moonshine. Why? Because I'm going to talk about moonshine. I feel like that's not why, but continue. I mean, I have Miller Lite and Svedka Vodka. I bought moonshine for this. Okay. Moonshine is made from corn. Mm -hmm. It's a corn-based alcohol. In what year was the first corn-made alcohol made in the United States? Okay. Do you mean the United States or in North America? I'm gonna go with United States? 1776. No, it's before then. So I'm gonna go with United States, but include colonial times? Because I just don't know if, like, Native Americans made alcohol. I'm pretty sure most civilizations throughout history have figured out how to make various things with sugar rot correctly. Okay, fine. When was the first white person that made corn alcohol in the United States? Well, how do you know they're... Do you know they were white? Yes, they were from England. Well, I mean, not everyone from England was white. This person definitely was. Okay. I'm saying, I'm not, I mean, chances are yes, but just, you know. Uh, side note while he's thinking, Blackberry Moonshine, absolutely delicious. Squeeze a little lemon in there, it's great. I thought you said Moonshine was made from corn, and you're not saying blackberries? Well, you can flavor with blackberries. There's like, probably like 15-ish blackberries in the jar that I have. <laughs> also buy a moonshine can on amazon for 137 dollars for a three gallons still 1624 you are shockingly close 1620 so close in jamestown virginia that's where i was expecting it to be yeah the person who brewed it was george thorpe he lived from 1576 to 1622 oh wow so two years before he died he made sure to get moonshine Yes, so he sailed from Bristol in 1607, and he came here to develop British industry, tobaccos, school, and a school for the Powhatan Indians. Okay. He records the first use of a pot still, which stills are used to make moonshine. Please tell me that you're doing these puns on purpose. No, these are just my notes. Oh, come on. He wrote to his investment partner in December of 1620 about how there was this new corn over here that he really enjoyed the alcohol that you could make from it more than beer. And it became kind of like an Amer the American brandy or whiskey because Moonshine is technically a brandy. His business partner, by the way, you might have heard of him. He's in the movie. 
Johnny Depp. No, it's a fictional person in an animated movie. I guess not so fictional if he was real. Mr. Incredible. John Smith. Oh. Which I believe is the person in Pocahontas. Well, the name of the person, yes. Yes. The actual John Smith, yeah. He led a life. He did. So the reason why George Slurp died in 1622? John Smith wanted the money? Uh, no. It was actually in May of that year. The Powhatan, which I'm sure I'm butchering that, warriors attacked the settlement, mm-hmm. and it was the start of the Anglo-Powhatan Wars, and George Slurp was killed in that first that first skirmish in 1622. Wow, okay. So he made alcohol, and then like two years later got killed, which, you know, was about the time by he wrote a letter back to his business partner, and his business partner wrote a letter back. I mean, that, that feels about the time scale that, um information could be conveyed in that time period yeah so we've been making moonshine pretty much since i guess white people have gotten here we've been making alcohol out of various out of pretty much anything we figured out we could make alcohol out of yes and i definitely haven't looked up that it costs 137 dollars to buy a three gallon still on amazon mm-hmm. i'm sure you haven't have haven't looked that up at all no Mm-mm. you're just gonna be hawkeye now from uh, mash it's cheaper than buying it. I guess in the long run, yes. I was about to say that I really hope that Moonshine costs less than $137. My 750 milliliters cost me 20 bucks. Okay. So uh, just make seven of those and you're good. Yeah. But I also learned during this that from 1775 to 2018, when the article I was reading was written, the United States has been at a war or conflict for 93.5% of the years that it has existed. Honestly, I'm not I'm surprised it's not longer. 228 years have been the United States has been out of war and only 16 have we been without no wars. Well, I guess Monroe tried to go for isolationism and that didn't work. And then after that we went, well, I guess we can't just like be left alone. And then we tried to fight each other. Yeah. We had a little bit, but we were usually fighting war with some Indian tribe out west that they had forced out west. Or the Mexican government to get more gold. Yeah. Although we did buy Alaska. We did. We bought Stewart's Folly, as it was known at the time, because it was a whole bunch of nothing and they only, well, they sold it to us for a multitude of reasons, but mainly the Russian government was like, well, we've killed all the beavers and there's no, that's kind of what we were there for. Go for it. And then we discovered that there was oil and gold and everything else. Now streaming on Discovery Plus. Gold Rush. You say that like we have a sponsor. I, please, Discovery Plus is not sponsoring us ever. <laughs> I don't know, with the amount of Discovery shows that you watch... It'd save me money. I feel like you're sponsoring Discovery at this point. Well, Mountain Monsters and Expedition Bigfoot are both technically travel channel, just Discovery owns that channel. Same with Ghost Adventures. Uh, What else do I watch on Discovery Plus? That's actually it right now. Yeah, I feel like you sponsor Discovery at this point and are still advertising for them. I'm more curious about what 16 years we weren't at a conflict. I'm guessing it was before War of 1812. Okay, maybe a little during Reconstructionism, like right after the Civil War? I I don't know what their definition by conflict is, though. Because I get that they mean that we haven't officially declared war and it's a military action or whatever, but... I think what they mean by that is that's how they can get away with the Korea conflict has been happening since 1954. Okay. Like, it's still, we're in a ceasefire, but it's technically still happening. Right. Also, every war since World War II hasn't officially been a war because in order to officially declare a war, that means that a bunch of treaties are going to have to go into effect and nobody wants that to occur. Yeah. So you have a military action instead. Yeah, so I think that's why it's that's why the conflict's there. Right, but I, I guess I still don't know. I guess the after World War II, the Warring Twenties was pretty good. Yes. The United States wasn't at war. 
World War One took a half time. Sort of. There are still various, you know, military actions occurring. But yeah, not surprised by over 90% of our... Honestly, I feel like over 90% of any civilization's history, they were at war. Because pretty much every civilization tries to expand at some point or another. You're constantly fighting someone. Right. Either because you're trying to expand or somebody else is trying to expand into your land. Yeah. It's a good thing we never have fights in this house. No, our fights are constrained to the foosball table. I've had a lot of moonshine. On that note, since you're probably a little bit tipsy at least, I figured I'd talk about ridiculously large numbers. Okay, yeah, we'll go with tipsy. So my main question is, what do you think has more combinations? A deck of cards or a 3 by 3 Rubik's Cube? You said a deck of cards, and when I was looking up facts for a different episode, it was that whenever you shuffle a deck of cards, the chances are... You are the first person to ever shuffle the deck of cards that way because there's so many combinations because it's 52 factorial. Yes, there's a lot of combinations uh, for a deck of cards. We, we'll go over the actual numbers, but... What was the other one? Uh, three by three Rubik's Cube. Ways to like solve that? Different ways that can be scrambled. Oh, I think the deck of cards. You are correct. So that's 52 factorial. The three by three Rubik's Cube, I assume, would only be like... It's a more complicated formula, yeah. Nine-ish factorial? It's more complicated, but a deck of cards can be shuffled in one of eight times 10 to the 67th different ways. 60... That's just infinity. If you type that into a calculator, you get infinity. Not quite. Uh, well, actually, yes, you, you would if you probably typed into most calculators. You're not wrong. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure if you type into a calculator, you, you do. Yeah. So a three by three Rubik's Cube. Do you want to guess that one? It's a pretty large number, but not as large, obviously. Obviously not as large. It's, I guess, probably going to go with times something times 10 to the 43rd. No, 4.33 times 10 to the 19th. Ooh, not having a mole? No. However, what do you think the age of the universe is in seconds, roughly? Hell, in seconds? Yep. Do you think it's going to be more or less than a number of combinations in a Rubik's Cube? More than that. It's like, what, 4.5 billion years? 18, or 1.8 billion? Where the hell am I getting 4.5 from? 4.35 times 10 to the 17th seconds. That's still not billion, but we'll go with that. Yeah, uh, sorry, 13.8 billion. I have it as 1.38 times 10 to the 10th here. I, I just messed up my number. How dare you? I know, right? So 13.8 billion years or 4.35 times 10 to the 17th seconds. Okay. So there are more combinations in a 3 by 3 Rubik's Cube than there have been seconds in the universe. For only a finite amount of time. Yeah. Eventually we'll overpass it. Well, every second we're passing it. Just going to put that out there. Well, every second we're getting closer. To, oh, We'll pass the 3 by 3 Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Got it. Yes. Agreed. Oh, we'll be long dead by the time we pass times 10 to the 67th. Yes. The 5 by 5 Rubik's Cube, or the Professor's Cube, um, as it's also known, has 2.8 times 10 to the 74th combinations. Fucking hell. Yeah. That's the largest I've ever solved. <sighs> I've never solved a 3 by 3. Oh, that one I actually, I finally got under a minute at one point. Uh, it was like 57 seconds, but like... You are nowhere near the world record of like 4.22 seconds. Yeah, no, I wasn't going for the world record. I was going for impressing my friends, which if I was going to impress my friends, I feel like solving a Rubik's Cube quickly. That's a good way. I could have picked other things, I feel like, especially in middle school. I probably should have picked other things to, to be good at. Might have, might have led to, you know, if you can't tell, I'm a bit of a nerd that I thought 
hmm, how can I impress my friends? First thought, solve a Rubik's Cube. Uh-huh. We're a bit of a nerd. It's not like we're both in going for a PhD in chemistry. No. However, speaking of other large numbers, okay. the number of ways to solve a 5 by 5 Rubik's Cube, right? What's the time 10 to the 74th? 10 to the 74th is just shy of the number of atoms in the universe. That's disappointing. Should have done 6 by 6. Get it above it. It's roughly 1 times 10 to the 80th. Damn. Number of atoms in the known universe. That's a number you see as a grad student when you're grading exams, and you're just like, well, they they didn't know what this number actually meant. Times 10 to the 80th? Like, what the hell is that? Honestly, that's the only thing that I can reference to, honestly, is number of atoms. There is no context to that number. Right. A 4 by 4 is 7 times 10 to the 45th, which is roughly the amount of sugar granules it would take to fill the solar system about... 3.5 times the orbit of Pluto. Ooh, is Pluto still a planet to you? Well, yeah, because I learned when I was younger that Pluto is a planet, and I refused to uh, admit that scientists could ever be wrong about that. Ah, same, because it, it definitely is a planet. It's not, but, like, I learned it was, so I'm going to go with it. Have you heard about Pluto? I have. <laughs> I think that's Gus's pickup line in Psych for a little bit. Is... It is. No, it, it's it's Gus's pickup line, just period. Like, even when they redid the new movies, they added it back because they were like, and fan service. It's because Sean and Gus help write them. Well, yeah. Also, I feel like the psych movies that they did are literally fan service, which is exactly what we were asking for. And they're well aware of that. Right. They did They did a good job. They'll do another one if people like go for it. I mean, they, they did a good job. They're funny. Also, to put other things into perspective, the number of ways to shuffle a deck of cards, the 8 times 10 to the 37 or 67th. Yeah. Put that in perspective, please, because that, again, number means absolutely nothing. Is a couple of orders of magnitude less than the total mass energy in joules of the observable universe. Shit. Yeah. That's a lot. Well, what year for the universe? Because it's expanding. Well, the observable universe. Isn't that always expanding? Yes. So in time, uh, if it expands far enough, we won't be able to see all of it. So theoretically, it could get to the point where we have as much, essentially, energy in the everything we can see as there are ways to shuffle a deck of cards. Um, and the reason that they say that you're probably the first person to ever get that combination of shuffling a deck of cards is because you're more than three times... There are more than three times as many ways... No. You got this. You got this. You might not got this. You could have three lengths of the universe in terms of seconds. And if you were to shuffle a deck of cards once every second, you would still have combinations left over that you haven't gotten. All I can say is damn, because just thinking of these numbers and the context is just like, damn, what are we doing here? Yeah. However, if you want to think of a smaller number, a 2x2 two two Rubik's Cube is about 367 million ways. Do you own a Rubik's Cube? 2x2, two 3x3, three 4x4, three, 5x5. Four five five. Are they currently solved? They might be. I don't know if I left them in a state of solved or not, but I have solved up to 5x5. Five five. They sell commercially up to 7x7. Seven seven. Oh, good. I know what I should buy on Amazon after the still, a 6x6 six six Rubik's Cube. Yeah. See, the 2x2 the two two with 3 times 10 to the 6th, that, if you were to solve it, try solving it throughout the year, you could probably solve it accidentally. Yeah. Like, there's there's a limited, there's a much more limited number of combinations. I think my issue with Rubik's Cubes is I'd rather just do Sudoku with numbers. I like the physical object to, to move around as well. I just like the numbers. I mean, obviously, I do enjoy Sudoku, but there's there's just something mesmerizing about watching, especially the best in the world, solve a Rubik's Cube. 
Like, there's just something mesmerizing about watching their hands move to, you know, be able to solve the Rubik's Cube. Their brain cannot be moving that fast. They've memorized moves. Oh, 100%. There's various ways of doing it. There's few. Some of the best have actually memorized specific patterns that the Rubik's Cube can be in and how to solve it more quickly than the basic algorithm. Because there's a basic algorithm that you can follow to be able to solve it regardless of what it starts in. Okay. But there are some people that will remember certain positions and remember short, certain shortcuts, which is why when you see people do it blindfold, they like look at it and then they memorize what the pattern is so they can get it to a pattern they know and then solve it. That makes sense. There's just something so mesmerizing about watching somebody look at look at an object that has more combinations than there have been seconds in the universe and just watching their hands move to solve it or feet like. See, people have solved it with their feet. People have solved it with various other things. But there's just something so mesmerizing about watching that. Yeah, they solve it in under like five seconds. The two by two, I've, I've solved in under 10 because it's just corners. And that's super easy. If you've been made uncomfortable as me, as David can solve a Rubik's Cube in under 10 seconds, even if it's only a two by two. I don't, I've never solved a three by three, so. A three by three was under a minute. So like, that's still a bit of time. Four by four was like four minutes. Like, that one took a while. So go with damn. This next fact I legitimately found on Google by looking at uncomfortable facts. Good segue. Yeah, that was straight up my Google. I literally Googled uncomfortable trivia facts. I'm glad that I research art history and you Google uncomfortable trivia facts. So you know the food coloring red four? Yes. What's used to make that food coloring? Crap, what's the structure of red four? I knew this. Uh, Red 40 is actually the one I knew. Never mind. This was often referred to before 2009 as, quote, natural colors, unquote. Yeah, I really, as somebody that has food allergies, I always hated natural flavors before they had to list whether it had milk in it, because like natural flavors can mean dirt if they want it to. Yeah, it can. All right, let's see. Red 4? Red 4 is what it's been on food labels as, or E20, or caramine, or carmine. Carmine. Trying to think of what the structure would be. I don't know if that's going to help you at all. Okay, I'm guessing it comes from a plant then. I wouldn't go chemistry angle. Well, I assume they extract it somehow. That they do. Is it from a plant or a poisonous animal? No. Is it from gasoline? No. Only cocaine come, has gasoline in it. Like, I know that the first instance of purple was from mollusks. Okay. Or snails. So I was thinking it was going to be some sort of animal. You would be correct in that. Okay. And it's not poisonous animal. It's not poisonous. Hence, it can be as natural red four. Okay. Well, like, the poisonous animal would still be natural. Don't believe this animal is poisonous. Is it from the butts of baboons? No, it is from an insect. A common misconception is that it comes from beetles. It's not from beetles. It's from a, uh, I'm going again, really wanted to butcher words this episode, apparently. The cochineal scale insect. What? Cochineal? C-O-C-H-I-N-E-A-L. It's a type of insect that if you mash a bunch together, you get the natural red four dye on most candies. Wait, you you mash it together? You mash the insects. Okay. Like the Starburst jelly beans, let's say. The red ones. The one that everyone likes. You're, you're about to you're trying to ruin Starburst, aren't you? Absolutely not. Only if it makes them cheaper at Target for me. <laughs> Starburst jelly beans are effing delicious. What color's your favorite? Uh the red, and this has not changed anything. Okay, I'd say pink's better, but continue. Eh, pink and red, they literally sell those two together as a separate pack. Right, because they know it. This is also used to color sausage that you buy at the store that you can't eat. Oh no, I'm going to be grossed out about eating sausage now. As well as artificial crab. That, that tracks. 
Yep. You know, Maryland, we don't really eat artificial crab. We source our crabs from the Gulf Coast because that's where we get our crabs from. So actually, in Starbucks has gotten rid of this as an ingredient because when people found out it came from bugs, people were like, ah, no bugs, bugs bad. I mean, I can see what they're trying to say there, yeah. Oh, do you want me to ruin more food for you? I mean, you haven't really ruined any food yet, mainly because I can't eat any of them. Can you eat peanut butter? Yeah. Okay, the average jar of peanut butter has 10 rodent hairs in it. Oh, that's not bad. So I used to drink a 24-pack of Mountain Dew every week. That's what's allowed. Yeah, no, I mean, like, there has to be a certain level. Yeah, but I just enjoy how... You got 10? Fine. Oh, yeah. Well, they also how long the hairs are. This one won't affect you because it involves chocolate. Per 100 grams of chocolate, there are 60, or a little bit more, insect fragments. Again, what do they mean by fragments? The fragments of a bug. Right, but like leg, part of a leg, eye, inner intestine. I'm going to go with all of those counts. Okay, so what if I have a full bug minus a leg? Is that a fragment? I'd say the leg is, the full bug is not. Okay. At what point does it become a fragment then? When it, you can no longer identify like where it came from. Like in the process of making chocolate, you're not going to get a full bug. They're going to smash the living hell out of that. Oh, so basically there's one bug in every chocolate. They just smash it up. Yeah. Okay. Or in coffee beans, up to 10% infestation of beans is okay, according to the US FDA. Well, yeah, that adds protein. <laughs> You got to make sure that while people are getting, you know, woken up in the morning, that they also get their protein. 10%? And that the FDA yeah. is like, ah, you Gucci. Yeah, like, ten, well, 10% infestation doesn't mean 10% weight of the coffee is bugs. No, but infestation of, like, the coffee beans, that's still a lot. Again, you got to make sure that people are getting their protein in the morning. I don't think when you're drinking coffee, you're going for protein. Exactly. That's why they're trying to, like, you know, infuse it. Fair. <laughs> See, none of these bother me because I drank a 24-pack of Mountain Dew every week for in college, and people kept being like, what? Do you know what that's doing to your insides? I'm like, yeah, have you seen the rat video? And they're like, I'm sorry, the what? And they're like, yeah. So I, like, show them the video of somebody stuck a rat inside a can of Mountain Dew for a month, and it just dissolved so there was nothing but the tail left. And I was like, yeah, that's see, that's fine. If, if I can keep drinking Mountain Dew after knowing that, we're good. Side note, by the time this comes out, it would have been a week since we've done the Me versus Nuggets challenge. We attempted to eat more chicken nuggets than the Denver Nuggets, a basketball team, scored points against the Cleveland Cavaliers, the team I root for. We were trying to do it individually. It was doomed to fail from the start. Those chicken nuggets you got were absolutely horrible. They cost me $2.39 at Aldi, so I wouldn't expect much more. It was applesauce. Yeah, that's fine. I love applesauce. That's not what I expect to eat. Like, it was applesauce that you couldn't chew. Well, I guess, why would you want to chew applesauce? But I downed those 15 like it was nothing. Yeah, that concerns me. I feel like the amount of moonshine I've had this episode should concern you. That does not. I'm used to that. But the fact that you just inhaled 15 chicken applesauces... Concerns me. Well, that's not what I was going to talk about. Do you follow the person that posts the uh, picture of the McDonald's, like McDouble and Chicken McNugget, like every year? No. They've been posting this for, uh, I think, at least five or six years. And it's a McDouble and McNuggets. And they haven't bolted yet. That tracks. <laughs> like every year they take a picture on the anniversary. And it's, Here's your update for this year. Yeah, still no mold. That that tracks. Not even mold once part of that. Yeah, also the three of us combined still couldn't eat more nuggets than the nuggets scored points. The Cleveland Cavaliers are absolutely horrible. Freaking Jamal Murray scored 50 points without shooting a free throw. What kind of bullshit's that? Yeah, that's the problem. Well, anyway, on that disturbing note, uh, both in the Slurpee Nuggets, where the die comes from, 
and mind-blowing numbers that I'm sure you hated. Thank you for sticking around to this point. We appreciate you listening to another episode of the Hats All We Know podcast. If you didn't appreciate the episode, we get it. That makes sense. Especially this one. Um, I'm sure that you uh, thoroughly enjoyed us ruining various foods for you. I'll drink less moonshine for the next one. I feel like that's not the issue. Uh, it's actually mainly because I'm uh, out of moonshine. I was like half full when we went to record. We'll ignore that fact. Okay, on that note. If you're upset at me for ruining Starburst jelly beans, which again, they're still delicious. Please eat them. Love them. Or not, we'll take them. You can tweet us at Hats All We Know on Twitter, or you can follow us on Instagram at Hats All We Know on Instagram. If you're really a if you're really upset at me personally, I guess you can go to my personal Twitter. It's at ChrisLukowski43. I'm not going to check it. I'll be honest. I turn notifications off on my phone for that one. But you can do if you want to. And if you're mad at me, um, I guess you could still go to at ChrisLukowski43. That you can, com- you can complain to me there as well. And now, a pun. Hey, Chris. Yeah? How did uh, the brewer signal what the uh, alcohol was made from? If they got real drunk, it was corn. If it, they didn't get that drunk after a few sips, it was beer. No, he had two lamps, one of by potato, two of by corn. Have fun.